Okay, good evening. We're learning Masechah Psachim, Daf Yud Tes, and as well, Daf Chaf Amad Aleph. Uh, we'll be finishing uh, at the top of Chaf Amad Beis today, three lines down at the at the two dots there. Um, we're going to be finishing a complicated sugya that we have started uh, all pretty much analyzing a brisa that started four blad ago on Daf Tezayin Amad Aleph, a brisa that spoke about mashkin, about whether or not liquids have the capacity to be matame other things. Therein, we saw the Shita of Rabiosi, and yesterday we focused on the fact that Rabiosi was mimicking his Rebbe, Rebbe Akiva, in regards to where he learned his opinion from. So today we're going to be analyzing the link between Rabiosi's Shita and his Rebbe, Rebbe Akiva. That's going to be the first uh, Amud of today, and then we'll go into a number of ancillary sugyas. So uh, let's get started. We're about 10 lines or so from the bottom of Yud Chesimut Beis, starting with Amar Le Ravina the Ravashi. Ravin and Ravashi, of course, were the end of the Amorim. They were the last generation, the sixth generation of Amorim. And in great part, they helped to structure, uh, they helped to structure what we know of as Gemara, though not exactly in this form, of course. The format that we have is only a few hundred years old, and their content is uh, almost 2,000 years old. Nevertheless, they were debating and trying to figure out Rebiosi, who in the Bryson Test Zion said that liquids have the capacity to give Tuma to food, where did he learn that from? So yesterday we said he learned it from his Rebbe, Rebbe Akiva. So says the Gemara, he learned it from Rebbe Akiva. But Rava had a comment which made that very difficult. He learned it from his Rebbe. What did Rava say? In different areas, in different uh, halachic terms. So Rebbe Yossi didn't agree with Rebbe Akiva and vice versa. How did this play out? So says the Ravashi back to Ravina, Amar lei, Rabiosi Bishitas Rebbe Akiva Rabo Amra, Vilei Lo Yes, it's correct. He was speaking in terms of Rebbe Akiva, but he was saying it as it relates to what he thought Rebbe Akiva would say. Vilei Rabiosi himself Lo he, he didn't hold that way. He was just quoting from his Rebbe. So therefore, uh, problem solved. Well, maybe, let's see. Amar lei Ravashi the Rav Kahana. Ravashi then said, uh, although he's speaking to a different person now, uh, why historically did they change? It's hard to know what was going on. But Ravashi was uh, reflecting to seemingly uh, a friend, Rav Kahan, and he said as follows, Dishlama, I understand Rava. Rava had said that Rav Yossi doesn't agree with Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva doesn't agree with Rabbi Yossi. So Bishlama, I, I understand when you say that Rabbi Yossi lo like Rabbi Akiva. What did Rabbi Akiva say? Rabbi Akiva had a very strange opinion. We spoke about this yesterday, and I'll do a quick screen share again just to show you that little chart. This chart here that we have says the Dargos of Tuma, that by Chulin, the maximum level of Tuma that a person can have by Chulin is a Sheni, and by Truma, the maximum level of Tuma is a Shlishi, and by Kodshim, the maximum level of Tuma is a Ravi. And we've mentioned this idea many times that the more potential for Kedusha, the more potential for its fragility as it relates to Tuma. So Chulin, we say Sheni. By Truma, which is more Kadosh, there we need to be more concerned and it's more fragile. So therefore we say, even if it's a Shlishi, we're going to still say it's Tamit. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> by Kachim, by Kachim, which has the greatest capacity for Kedusha as it relates to the world of the Beis HaMikdash, there we'll even, we'll even be willing to go for a Ravi. Now, if you look at the Chulin, uh, over here, we saw there was an asterisk here because yesterday we saw the opinion of Rebbe Akiva that he said that it's even a shlishi. That's what Rebiosi doesn't agree with as it relates to his Rebbe, Rebbe Akiva. So let's go back inside and let's see now um, how this is explained in the Gemara. And says the Gemara as follows, Amr Ravashi the Rav Kahana, eight lines up. 
I understand that Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Akiva in regards to Chulin being as fragile as we typically understand Truma to be, which is that it can be up to a Shlishi. I, I, I understand that Rabbi Yossi doesn't agree with Rabbi Akiva on that. Why? Because we have an explicit brisa, um, a relatively explicit brisa, where, where Rabbi Yossi doesn't agree with this idea. What does the brisa say to Tanya? <clears throat> How do we know that a revi'i, a revi'i, by kachim, that we all agree with, that was in the chart, that because the capacity for kedusha with, um, with kachim is so high, therefore the tuma is most fragile. So uh, that's what the Brisa says. How do we know that by a revi, by kachim, that it's puzzle? So we're five, six lines from the bottom of Yerchesim and Beis, Vidinhu. Says the Gemara, we have a logic. We have a kalvachomer. Vidinhu is synonymous with kalvachomer. Uh, Vidinhu means that it is a rule, but uh, we actually translate it a little bit more uh, loosely to say uh, that it is uh, that it is a kalvachomer. It's, it's a logic. Vidinhu, uma mechusar, mechusar kipurim. Just like a person who has mechusar kipurim. What's mechusar kipurim? A mechusar kipurim is a person, one of four types of people. Elsewhere in Shas, we've seen this a number of times. Mechusar Kippurim, there's a category of four people, Azav and Azava, a Yoledes and a Mitzora. Azav and Azava are people, man and women, uh, woman respectively, who have some type of discharge that is indicative of a uh, uh, metaphysical, metaspiritual type of disease. And when they have enough dif- discharges in a certain number of, of days, in a narrow space of days, then they become what we refer to as a Zavagdola. When they are Azav or Zavagdola, if they uh, reach this stage, then they have to wait Shevanakim. And after they finish with their Shevanakim, they need to bring a Korban. So that's Zavan Zavah. Yoledes, a woman who gives birth, the Psukim in Tazria. For a boy, she brings a uh, korban after 40 days. For a girl, she brings a korban after 80 days. So even after she finishes with all of the dam, she's not bleeding anymore. And she goes to the mikvah, but she's still mechusar kipurim. She's not done with the process until the korban is brought. And the last one is the mitzora, that after their period of uh, recovering from tzaraz, they too have to bring a korban. All of these cases of mechusar kipurim are people who um, who are in the process of tahara, but they're not yet there. They are waiting for their korban to be brought. And that is this category, all of these four people, these four people who have yet to bring their korban. And even though they haven't brought their korban, says the Gemara, they're allowed to access truma, which is, more fragile than chulin, right? It's our what we would typically call a shlishi. So that, that but they're but they're bekodesh. So now we know exactly how far a mechusar a mechusar kipurim can go. These people, these four categories of people of zavzava, yoledes, and mitzora, who are out of the mikvah, but they have yet to bring their korban. They're allowed to have exposure to truma. It won't cause for tuma in regards to truma, but it would be a problem for kachim. So if it's true by them that they're allowed to have truma, then a shlishi. A person who, a, a food or whatever, a food item that is a shlishi, which is puzzle but truma, which we know would still be puzzle for someone who has truma. All the more so that it should make a revi bakodesh. That is the kalvachomer of the opinion of, um, that is the kalvachomer of the opinion of Rebiosi. And that's how he gets to the point of saying that there's a revi um, by kachin, a shlishi by truma. And what do we not see in the brisa? We don't see what Rabbi Akiva said. 
his Rebbe. This was the whole point. Rebbe Akiva and Rebbe Yossi, where do they argue? So the Gemara says they argue on this Nakuda. The Rebbe Akiva was of the opinion that Stam, by Chulin, by regular people like me and you, if we have Basar, there can be a Sheni Latruma, and he extends it even to a Shlishi. Says Rabbi Yossi, not correct. The Brisa doesn't indicate that. The Brisa only indicates that there's a Shlishi Latruma by Truma and a Revi Batuma as it relates to Kajim. But Rebbe Akiva, not like you say. And the Brisa completes with this following line, And the Gemara is now going to give sources for each stage of the Brisa. It's going to explain to us how we got to the Shlishi of Truma and how we then made the jump from there to the Revi'i by Truma. Says the Gemara, last line of Yud Chesimit Shlishi min How do we know? How do we know that there's a Shlishi Minator? Because the Pasuk reads, If there is meat which touches something that's Tameh, it should not be eaten. Take a look at Rashi. Without Rashi, um, I would have been clueless. Rashi says, top line, Rashi says, In the Pasuk, what does it say? Meat that touches a Tameh, synonymous with sheni meat that touches a sheni what happens to it uh the pasuk says velo yachel it cannot be eaten namely it's a shlishi it's a shlishi so rav yossi says in the spraisa we have an explicit reference in the torah once we understand that the word tame is a sheni which rashi says is, is the case it's automatically the case and he brings a raya rashi brings a raya shene emar it doesn't say shene emar sheni nikra tame based on what We'll learn a little bit more about this later, that when there is food inside of an earthenware jar and there is a sheretz that is placed into the airspace of that jar, the kli becomes tame and then the bread becomes a sheni. So that's how we know that the word tame means sheni. So here too, when the Pasuk says, now we know we're talking about a sheni that made a shlishi. So says Rabbi Yossi, we have a raya, that a sheni, um, that we have a shlishi min ha-Torah. Um, aren't we obviously dealing with the fact here in this Pasuk, obviously that's the case. So that's how we learn that there's a Shlishi Min HaTorah. What about the second half of the argument? We've explained how a Shlishi is Min HaTorah. What about a Revi'i? And we know that a Revi'i is going to be Tame because of Rabbi Yossi's um, din, Rav Yossi's Kalvachomer, that's on the bottom of Yud Chesim Beis that he extracted from a Chusar Kippurim. Good. So uh, who's talking now? Now we're talking in the name of Ravashi. Ravashi says to Rav Kahana, I understand the first part. This is such a subtle svara. If it was true, this is so beautiful. If it was true that Rabbi Akiva, that Rabbi Yossi really held like Rabbi Akiva, that there is a shlishi lituma even by Chulin, then everything would have been different with the Drasha and with the Kalvachomer. Everything would have been kicked up a notch. Because if Pashut Pshat in the Tuma is that there's a Shlishi the Tuma by Chulin, then the Pasuk has to be talking about something even higher by Truma. So says the Gemara as follows, Nisne Nami Revi Kodesh. Had it been that Rebiosi understood the world of Tuma like Rebbe Akiva did, then the Drusha would have scaled everything up. Instead of learning that there's a Shlishi Latruma and a Revi'i Lakachim, which is what we hold, I would have had a Havamina that had he held like Rebbe Akiva, that everything would have been scaled up a notch because we already learned that there's a Shlishi from the Mari Mekomos we saw yesterday with Rebbe Akiva. And therefore, with this, these Psukim would have taught us with the Kalvachomer that there's a Revi'i by Truma 
and a chamishi, a still a still more subtle level by kachim. And says the Gemara that that's not the case. So says Ravashi, I understand that side. I got you. I understand how Rav Yossi doesn't agree with his Rebbe, Rebbe Akiva. Fine. We're now four lines down in your Testament. Aleph, Ella. Rebbe Akiva, lo savar la. Rebbe Akiva, lo savar ker Yossi min How do we know that Rebbe Akiva doesn't hold like Rebbe Yossi? The Rebbe doesn't hold like the Talmud. How do we know that he doesn't hold like him? Now the Rishonim here points out that we're specifically speaking about one thing. We're specifically talking about the Kalva Homer that's on the bottom of Yud Chesam Beis. Is Rabbi Akiva Gores the opinion of Rabbi Yossi's um, Zera Shava, his, uh, his Kalva Homer? Does Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva accept Rabbi Yossi's uh, Kalva Homer? Says the Gemara Merlei, he definitely doesn't. Because remember, in Rabbi Akiva land, his starting point is that there's a Shlishi Latuma by Chulin, which is a Chiddush, and we don't hold like that. And everything should have been scaled up. So had it been that he held um, of the Kalvachomer of Rav Yossi, then what would we have seen? Had it been that he agreed with Rav Yossi's Kalvachomer to use the Kalvachomer, but according to his shita, then we would have seen all over the Tanaim a unique shita that there's a Revi'i by Truma, which we don't hold like, and that there's a Chamishi by Kachim, which we also don't hold like, and we don't see them. And under those circumstances, had we seen them, the name of Rebbe Akiva, he, we would have said them in his name, but we don't see them anywhere. So therefore, says the Gemara, must be the Rebbe Akiva doesn't hold of the Kalvachomer of his Talmud Rebbe Yossi. Says the Gemara, mm, okay, I, it's not wrong, it's not wrong. You're right that there are no brises. There's no sources in the Tanoim that say that there's a Revi'i by Truma and a Chamishi by Kachim. That's true. But is a lack of knowledge, is a lack of finding something considered enough? So we have a principle. This I, I remember 15 years ago, I learned this in Hilchos Shechita, one of the Meforshim there uh, was discussing the halachos of a woman being a Shochet. So there, I think it was the Shach or the Taz, one of the Nosei Kalim, there used the line, Lo Ra'inu Eino Raya. The fact that we don't see it doesn't mean that it can't happen. So when you don't see something, it doesn't mean everything. It's not the biggest possible proof in the world. So that's what the Gemara is saying here. The fact that we don't see a brisa that indicates, like Rebbe Akiva, that there is a revi'i of Tuma by Truma and a Hamishi by Kachim, it doesn't necessarily, it's not a strong proof. It's almost like a lack of evidence and therefore, and that's insufficient. That's what the Gemara is asking now, six lines down. This is enough for you to rely upon to tell me that Rebbe Akiva disagrees with Rebbe Yossi. So uh, says the Gemara, Ravashi says back, you're right. Nafak Ravashi, the Itamer of Kahana, we don't know who went to go search for the Marimakomos. They went to go look for it. Duck, they went to go look for Ashkach, and then they found the following. Now we're going to be coupling the next two sources in the Tanoim together. Uh, we're going to string them together to get this very uh, detailed understanding of Rebbe Akiva, whereby we will see, in fact, from a source, not from a lack of a source like we thought, but from an actual source that Rebbe Akiva doesn't hold like his Talmud, doesn't hold like reviews. Says the Gemara, Ditnan, Hakli Mitzarev Truma. If you have a Kli and there are pieces of Kachim meat in it that are not touching one another. Do we show him here? Say, let's say you have a very long bowl. Okay, it kind of looks like a boat. On the right side, you have a piece of Kachim. And on the left side, you have a piece of Kachim and they're not touching one another. So the halacha is that they are Mitzarev. The two of them 
they are they have the same halachic status. If one becomes tummy, the other becomes tummy, even if they're not touching one another, because they're in the same exact kli. Afalpi that they're not touching, they're mitzarik, but only by kudshim and not by chuma. This is very similar in theme to the idea that we've been saying by the levels of Tuma, which is that Kachim has a greater level of Kedusha and therefore it's more sensitive to Tuma. So here too, even though they're not touching, but the fact that they're in Mitzarif, that they're in the same Kli, a distance apart, whatever happens to one happens to the other. Only by Kachim because of its um, greater sensitivity to Tuma, but not by Truma. The Harivi'i Bakodesh Pasal, the Hashlishi Batruma. And there's the, the fourth, uh, level, Haravi Bakodesh Pasal, we see that we have a Ravi Latuma as it relates to Kachim. And with Truma, we have a Shlishi. This is an explicit thing. Now, it doesn't say Rabbi Akiva's name yet, and that we're going to have to see in a moment. But this Brisa indicates very clearly sorry, it's not a Brisa, it's a Mishnah. This Mishnah indicates clearly that somebody, seemingly Rabbi Akiva, holds of, Rebbe, uh, of a Ravi'i by Kachim and a Shlishi of Tuma by Truma, which is the standard assumption. Not like we thought that maybe Rebbe Akiva would have said. No, it's like we want everyone to say and how we paskin. And how do we know that this is Rebbe Akiva? Because says the Gemara almost halfway down, This Mishnah, which writes that there's a Revi of Tuma by Kachin and a Shlishi of Tuma by Truma is Rebbe Akiva which would prove exactly what we wanted, which is that Rabbi Akiva did not embrace Rabbi Yossi's Kalvachomer on the bottom of Yud Chesimit Beis. And that's where he disagrees with him. And let's see the brysa that really uh, nail in the coffin that makes us understand clearly that we are now discussing the Shita of Rabbi Akiva. Detanya, Hosif, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva added on to the previous halacha. What was the previous halacha? We said that if you have a large container with kachim uh, meat on one side and kachim meat on the other, but in one container, we say that they're mitzarev. Hosif Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva adds to that din of mitzarev. What does he add it to? He adds it to the following. He adds it to hasoles, flour, vaktores, the spices that went into the vaktores, v'halavona, v'hagicholim, um, the coals, sheim nogatvul yom b'miktsosan, even if he only touched part of them, what's the din? Posalis kulon, the same din of tzeru. So when this Brisa uses the language of Hosef Rebbe Akiva, we see he's jumping on the bandwagon of the previously stated Mishnah, where there was mitzare, where we said two things in the same boat, in the same utensil, even if they're not touching, they're mitzarev. So it's the same exact shita. So we therefore assume if in source one, we were talking about tzeru, in source two, it also seems like we're talking about Seruf. There it's explicitly Rebbe Akiva. And if that's true, then when in the first source, in the Mishnah, it said that some that somebody, it was nameless at the time, somebody held that there was a Revi of Tuma by Kachim and a Shlishi of Tuma by Truma, it must therefore be Rebbe Akiva. The Haraya, that Rebbe Akiva doesn't agree to the Kalvachomer of his Talmud, Rebbe Yossi. Revi in Hamishi Lo, only by Kachim is there a Revi, but there isn't a Hamishi. The, yes, it's true that it is a very high level of Kedusha and therefore a high level of Tuma, but only up to and including the fourth level of Tuma, not a fifth. And the Shlishi in Revi Lo by Truma, we only say that the susceptibility, that the sensitivity, I should say, of Truma and its Tuma only goes up to a third level of Tuma, but not a fourth. So that's how the Gemara explains that Rabbi Akiva doesn't agree with Rabbi Yossi, that the Kalvachomer that was employed by Rabbi Yossi on the bottom of Daf Yudches and the base was not employed by Rabbi Akiva. Because had it been, 
we would have seen a shita explicit in the Mishnayas, which is not found anywhere. We would have seen that shita explicit in the Tanoim, um, that there's a revi'i, even a chamishi of Tuma by Kachim and a revi of Tuma by Truma, which is not true. And as well, uh, from the explicit Mishnah, which we attribute to the name of Rabbi Akiva, where it says black on white, that by Kachim we only go up to revi, and by Truma we only go up to a shlishi. <clears throat> two-thirds of the way down on your testament base. From this sugya, the Gemara makes a diuk alma. It appears from the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, it appears that he holds that when we say that there are two items in one kli, that it must be that that seirif, the fact that we attribute, we, we make the tuma transfer from one piece to another, even without any physical contact, it must be that that's derabanan. How do we know that it's derabanan? Take a look at Rashi. It's three lines or so from the bottom of the page. It's in the middle of Dibra Hamaskil Alma Kasavar. If you look um, three lines from the bottom, it says there, and, and I'm just picking from the middle here, some of the items in that brisa where Rabbi Akiva said that there was Tseruf, some of those items are not able to become Tami. They're not Makable Tuma. Afal Pikain, even, even though that's true, Rabbi Akiva still said there was a din of Tseruf that even though they weren't touching, whatever happened to one item in the Kli was attributed to the other. If Tuma happened by the Levona, it would apply to the Ktoritz. If it happened by the Gechalim, it would apply to the Levona. So we therefore see that it must be a Dinder Abanan because these things are not all in the Kabbal Tuma. And that's Rabbi Akiva's Shita, but says the Gemara, Uplika de Rav Chanin de Amar Tzeruf de Oraisa. This argues with the Shita of Rav Chanin. Rav Chanin was of the opinion that Tzeruf is de Oraisa. What's the Mare Makom that Tzeruf that when we have two items, even if they're not touching in the same kli that Rabbi Akiva says was derabanan, how do we know that Rav Chanin says that on a Torah level, those two things in fact transfer too much to one another? So says the Gemara, it says in one kaf, in one palm, in one spoon, that it's all going to be considered one. It makes it all into one entity, and therefore Rav Chanin is of the opinion that Seiruf, that when there are multiple items in one Kli, even if they're not touching, they break some of the normal rules of Tuma, but they follow a new rule of Tuma called Seiruf, that when you have these items in a Kli, even if they're not touching one another, whereas Rabbi Akiva was of the opinion that the Tuma that would transfer from one to the other, other is rabbinic in nature, Rav Chanin was of the opinion based on the Pasuk of the Kafachas, uh, Kafa we therefore see that it is the Oraisa. We are uh, now at a new sugya on the bottom of Davyud Tes Amad Aleph, um, a more basic, a more simple sugya in regards to Tuma. Tanan, Tanan Hasa, we have a Mishnah. This Mishnah is in Maseches Adios. And the Mishnah says there, a person was doing shechita on an animal. And when he did that, he found a piece of metal in the neck of the animal. He found a needle. Says the Gemara, Tanan Hasam, Al-Machat, if there was a needle, Shenimtes Babasar. There was a piece of, of metal, a needle that was found in the flesh when a person was doing Shechita. So what's the din? Shehasakin Bahayadaim Tahoros, the blade, the knife that's being used, the Shechita knife, and the hand of the Shochet. All of those are considered Tahor. Bahabasar Tame. And the Basar, the flesh itself, is going to be considered Tame. Did the knife touch the needle? How did the needle become Tameh? What level of Tuma did it have? We're going to have to get into all of that. But first, let's finish the, the Mishnah. Let's say 
that you didn't find the needle in the neck of the animal, but nimsa beperesh, you found it in the excrement of the animal. So there, if the needle was found there, it wasn't in the flesh, there, hakol tahor, then there's no shaila, nothing even, it even gets off the ground. There's no shaila, it's in the excrement, it's outside the body, so we don't have to worry about that. Amar Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, part of this Mishnah as well, zachinu, it's a zchus, such a merit, she'ein tumas yadayim b'mikdash, this obviously was a korban that was done in the base of Mikdash because otherwise his comment makes no sense. Um, and he says that it's a schus that there was no tumas yadayim in the Mikdash. Let's turn to the top of your Testament base and let's take a look at the first Rashi on the page that carries over from the bottom. Rashi says, uh, This is a beautiful thing that we don't have an iser of uh, tumas yadayim in this case, which would have caused for a loss of kachin. Because the only way that the hands are going to become tame is if it would have made the person tame. And this would not make the person tame. So Rabbi Akiva is just saying a beautiful day that the iser uh, the uh, the of biyadayim of the hands becoming tame that it doesn't apply. Says the Gemara, Amar of Yehuda Marav, the Tema Rebiosi Brebchanina, Yadaim. Sorry, ah, skip the top line. Top line of Daf uh, Yud Testament Beis. The Gemara says, Venema Shein Tumas Yadaim, Vekalim Sheba Mikdash. Wait, wait a minute. Why are you only talking about Yadaim? You should also be happy about the fact that it didn't make the Shechita knife uh, tray or puzzle, I should say, or tummy. You should be thrilled about that too. Why, Rabbi Akiva, did you only include Yadayim when you should have also included the Kalim? It's a Chiddush that both of them were not considered part of the Isser Darabanan of Tuma. So answers the Gemara, second line, Yud Testament Beis, Amar Rabbi Yehudam Arab, Vitema Rabbi Yosib Reb Chanina, Yadayim Kodem Gzeras Kalim Nishnu. Historically speaking, this is like an amazing thing to think about historically, Rabbi Akiva was in between the rabbinic injunction of hands becoming Tameh, and Kalim becoming some. He lived in between them. So his comment was based on the common knowledge of the time. There was no second rabbinic injunction about Kalim at that time. All there was was what he knew, Biadayim, just about the hands becoming dead. That was his comment. Says the Gemara, that's not true. And in fact, we all learned this together in Masecha Shabbos, in Perak Shabbos, first Perak of Masecha Shabbos. Oh my Rava, no. That's not true. Kalim and Yadayim. The Isser der those two were learned on the same exact day. What day was that? This is a throwback. Says Rashi, two, three inches below where we are. Dibur Hamaschil Bo Bayom Be'alias Chananya Ben Chizkiya Ben Garon Vyasiya Shabbos. That was the day the eighteen xeros uh, that the Chachamim made in the attic of uh, uh, of Alias Chananya Ben Ben Chizkiya, and two of them were Yadayim and Kalim. What's the quote? Ditznan fourth line New Testament base Hasefer. We'll learn about this. We'll, we'll relearn about this. Is safer. We said that Sifrei Torah, Sifrei Nevi'im, things that are written on formal parchment, they have a tumma to them. We'll see why in a minute. Vahayodaim, a person's hands. Vahatvul Yom, someone who went to the mikvah but is waiting for the sun to set, for the new day to start. Vahaochlin, foods. Vahakalim, and utensils. All of them were in the same category. Now, just a little, it's really a tangent, but just to remind us, why is it that the Sefer had a, a Tuma status? Because what people were doing to protect their Tuma was they were putting it near a Sefer Torah. So that way no one would ever take it. What happened was that where there's food, there were rodents. So the Sefer Torah, the, the parchment is still, I guess it had some smell of animal from it. So they would chew at the parchment, it would ruin the Sefer Torah. So the Chachamim made a status uh, of Isser, a Sheni Latuma, I believe it was a Sheni Latuma by a Sefer Torah, to make sure that no one would put their Truma near a Sefer Torah, because it would make it a Shlishi, and a Shlishi by Truma is still tummy. 
So, and the same was true by Yadayim and by Caleb. So the question back to Rabbi Akiva is again, history is not on your side here. It seems that everyone knew that Yadayim and Caleb were part of the same Xera. You said that the Yadayim one happened first and the Caleb one. That's not true. Pasha, not true. That's not what the Mishnah says. Rava, Rava says, forget all of this. Hanach Latuma Sakin. Forget about the knife. Rabbi Akiva left it out on purpose. Why? Even by Chulin, uh, even under the best of circumstances, there would be no tumma whatsoever. How did that work out? What did the knife actually touch? What did the knife actually touch? So it says the Gemara as follows. If the blade, the shechita knife, only touched flesh, so then food can't transfer tuma to a kli. We learned this. It's an inanimate object. You cannot transfer one to the next. And if, in fact, the, the knife, the blades touch the actual concern, the needle that we thought might be tame, well, still, the ha'ein kli metame kli. No matter what the blade touched, there should be no transference of Tuma at all. So Rabbi Akiva was right to leave it out. But if that's the case, says the Gemara, what are we even talking about here? What's the Shaila? What was the status exactly of, of the needle? What was going on here? Ten lines down. If you want to say Safek Machat, we have a Safek on the status of Tuma of the, of the needle. Maybe it's Tameh, maybe it's not Tameh. Well, if that's the case, well, then we have a separate preclusion of any tuma here, and we would assume that it's tahar. Why? Because these two Amoraim said statements. We don't know who said which one. One of them said, unrelated to Arjun, that if, if someone sees spit on the ground in Yerushalayim, we don't have to assume it's Tameh. The Chad Omar, we'll, we'll get back to that soon. The Chad Omar, there's no Gzeira on Kalim in Yerushalayim. When there's a clean in Yerushalayim and there's a Suffolk about it, it's always Tahar. So if our Machat, if you're telling me that the status of our needle in this case is a Suffolk, then it's Tahar. Because we already have a rule that if there's any suffix on a clean Yerushalayim, it's tahor. So you're good to go. So what was the case here? Nope, that's not what's going on here. The case was a severe case. A person lost a needle that in fact was tame mace. It came in direct contact with a mace. It's mamish itself, an avatuma. As we learned uh, many uh, a couple of nights ago about Kherav Chalau. We'll learn about this again soon. It's not like us. I have a package of needles in my house that we use for stitching buttons, for sewing buttons. Every needle looks the same, but they may have been handcrafted. They may have had their initials on them. Whatever it is, they recognize the needle. So when they were doing the shechita, they looked in the, in the cow, they're like, oh, that's the needle that's tamemes. That's the case we're dealing with. And that's why when we were to flip back to where we started with this Mishnah on the bottom of Yud Aleph, that's why we said that the Basar is going to be Tameh. We said, Shenitmes Basar, and the knife would not be Tameh. Why is the knife not Tameh? Because there is nothing to transfer the Tuma. So that's how, uh, that's how our case is. Good. So where does that bring us? That was uh, another answer we saw. Let's learn one more answer before the two dots. Rabbi Yossi, Reb Avin Omar, he gave another answer. No, there is a, uh, a Kli. It's Lav Dafka. We don't know what its status is, but 
the only leniency on the Suffolk Kalim was in Yerushalayim. And this animal came from outside Yerushalayim. So there where there's a Suffolk were Machmir. The only leniency on Kalim is in Yerushalayim in the Mikdash. Good, very good. This brings us to the two dots. And now the Gemara is going to jump into the sugya of these two unique comments that when it comes to Rok, when it comes to Spit, and when it comes to a Suffolk and Kalim that were lenient in both cases. Says the Gemara, the two dots almost halfway down on Yotes, Amud Beis. Gufa, we just saw this a couple of lines ago. Chad Omar, one of them said, Lo that there's no gzera on spit on saliva that we see in Yerushalayim. And another said that there's no iser derabanan. There's no uh, concern about um, about a suffix on kelim in Yerushalayim. So says the Gemara, why 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 are these Amoraim saying that? Both of these are rooted in the Tanaim. Says the Gemara, Rokin Tanina, Kalim Tanina. Both of them already exist in the sources in the Tanaim. Obviously, we're going to have to learn a Chiddush from each one. So let's go through them. Rokin Tanina. Where's the Mishnah that speaks about Rok? It's not in the Mishnah, right? Kol HaRokin Hanimtzoim Yerushalayim Tahorin. All Rok, all of the saliva, anyone spits on the ground, we assume it's Tahor in Yerushalayim. Chutz Mishel Shuk Elyon. Except for a specific place where we knew that there were more people who were Tameh under those circumstances. So says the Gemara, why then did the Amoraim have to repeat the din? If we have a, a Mishnah that speaks about Rok that is Tahor, then I don't need an Amora later to cut to hey, hey, good job, Rabbi Hudanas. He did a great job there. By the way, I agree with you. The Rok is, is Tahor. No, I don't. Why would they bother repeating themselves? Answers the Gemara two-thirds of the way down, Lotzricha. The reason why the Amora had to repeat himself in addition to the Mishnah was to remind us of one thing. Afal Gavdi Ishazek Zav. Even though there's a person who is a Zav, there's a person whose spit is actually Tameh, just like the Zav. It's Mamish Tuma. Afal Pita, there's a Zav in the neighborhood. We don't care. We still say to our big, big Chiddush. That even though the neighbor's a Zav, he's walking around, he spits on the ground. If you see that happen, that's different. If you don't know who spit it out, then we can assume that it's Tahar. Afal Pita, that you live in a neighborhood where you know that there's a Zav or a Zava. Good. Kalim Tanina. What, what, why did the Amorayim have to give us a case about the Kalim? Why did you have to tell me that a case of Suffolk about a clean Yerushalayim is Tahor? Hare, we have a Mishnah that speaks about it. What does the Mishnah say? Any Kli uh, that's found in Yerushalayim. If someone's walking down the path to the mikvah to be tovel that item, then of course it's going to be Tameh. Which implies that all other ones are going to be Tahor. So says the Gemara, why do we need both? Retorts the Gemara, wait a minute. If you're going to make such a diuk of Hada Alma Tahorin, then I can, then I'm going to show you a problem with your inference. The problem is Ema Seifa. Look at the end of that very same Mishnah. What does it say? Derechaliya Tahorin on the way back up from the mikvah. Tahorin. Ha, what's the diuk there? Hada Alma Tmein. So there are conflicting diukim in the very same Mishnah. So it says the Gemara, come on. El Arisha Dafka, Vesefa Lab Dafka. That's clear. On the way down, we're just trying to show you that they're on the way to the mikvah. So the kalim that they're holding to tovel, a pasha that they're not that they're not usable. That's obvious. But on the way back, um, the language was not meant to make, be inferred from. So on the way down, when it said that they're tahorin, yes, you have room to make the diuk, but all other ones are tahor. That's correct. In which case, our question stands: Why do we have an amora plus this marimakom? And the second time it says it in the mishnah that it says. Uh, that it says that on the way back from the mikvah, they're all tahorin, was not to imply that all other ones were tameh. Don't make an inference from the second phrase. So says the Gemara, therefore, what, back to our question, why do we have an Amora saying the same thing as a Mishnah, namely, that 
when there's a suffix on a cleavage, it's tahor. Answers the Gemara, ulafuke gizyasa, to exclude alleyways. There were some more narrow places, a little more shady ground, that when you were in these places, we had to assume there was a degree of tuma. Says the Gemara, going back to an earlier part of the sugya, we just were interjecting for these cases of rok and the case of Safek Kalim. It says the Gemara, going back to our sugya with the machat, ulirav de amar kegon sha'avdalo machat According to Rav, who explained the case, that the needle that was inside the animal that was found during Shechita, according to that case, where we know that it's Tamei Meis, so says the Gemara, since we know that that the, the, the needle itself has the same exact status as a mace, then Adam V'Kalim Nami Litma. If in fact the metal was tame by a mace, if that's true, then even the shechita knife should be tame, and even the, the shochet should be tame because it's an avatuma. Remember this zereshava that we had from Parsha Shoftim and Sefer Dvarim. So there, that that zera, that uh, that that limud from the Torah is critical. And what you basically said is this tiny little needle. It's a kli, and it has a function, it has the status of a kli. So therefore, everyone should be tame mace. It's an avatuma mamish. So says the Gemara, how do we get out of this? What do we learn from here? What do we learn? Why is it that there's no Tuma here? Because Azara, when we refer to the Azara in the base of Mikdash, Rishus Harabimhi, the Azara was a space that was treated in Halacha as a Rishus Harabim. The Haviyale Suffolk Tuma Rishus Harabim. And this is like a suffix tuma because we don't know if the blade, this is a Rashi points this out, we don't know if the shechita knife actually touched the, the machat. We don't know. It's a suffix. So because we're in Rishus HaRabim, and because we have a suffix, and because the Azar is a Rishus HaRabim, therefore, Wow, very, very uh, unique set of circumstances. And in short, the only way that this works is if we understand that the Azara is a public space, then we apply a general rule of Tuma, that when we have a Safek Tuma, Birshus HaRabim, we're lenient, and when it's Safek Birshus HaYachid, we are not lenient. And that's how, even though it's true that this, um, that this needle had the status of Mamish Ames, it was an Avatuma, Afalpikain, the Shochet did not become Tameh, and neither did the Sakin, neither did the blade, because there was a Safek, and it was a Rishus HaRabim, Sveiko Tahor. Says the Gemara, Are you trying to say that if this case of Suffolk would have happened in under private uh, residence, if it happened in my kitchen, you're telling me that we would have said that that the Sakin and the person would have been Tamemes? Is that correct? But hold on one second. Michti, hi Machat, this needle is inanimate. It's a Dover She'ein Bodasli Sha'ilhu. It's something that you can't talk to. And in a vacuum, as a general rule, in a vacuum, when we have a suffix, here's the rule. The whole Dover She'ein Bodasli four lines from the bottom of your testament base, wherever we have a case where you're not able to discern by talking to a person, you can't figure out what's going on with the Tuma as a general rule. Bain Birshus Harab and Bain Birshus you wanted to give me this whole sophisticated answer that the Azara is a, is a Rishus Harabim and it's a suffix and some become a Rishus Harabim. No, if it's an inanimate object and we can't ask the, the needle, it's not a person, well, then it doesn't make a difference where it is because we can't ask this entity. So therefore, it should automatically be, be Tahar if there's a suffix. Says the Gemara, in a vacuum, that's true, but this isn't in a vacuum. This suffix 
had human intervention. What was it? Human intervention. Three lines from the bottom. It's not stam. We have a suffix about a needle. It was a needle that maybe was touched by the mice of a person when he did the shechita. And because there was human intervention, we don't look at that. In a vacuum, it's true. That's absolutely right. In a vacuum, when it's an inanimate object, we would say sveiko tahor, because we can't talk to the needle. But here it's not purely in a vacuum. There were other circumstances. There were extenuating circumstances. There was a human being involved in when there is the human intervention. So therefore, we don't look at that, at that halacha, that when things are, uh, when you can't ask a, a needle, you can't ask an inanimate object, we would say that everything is tahar, even Bershusayach, we can't even go there. So because here we have a human intervention, so therefore that rule doesn't apply. The human intervention rule, as it relates to suffolk, is more powerful. And therefore, we needed the distinction of Rishus Harabim versus Rishus Hayachi. The Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Suffolk Tumah Habbabi De Adam, when there is a Suffolk Tumah where there's a human intervention, he wasn't functioning alone. He was doing something via Daim, which led to the Suffolk. So therefore, it trumps the previous rule. And therefore, Nishalin Aleha. What is Nishalin Aleha? We're going to ask it. All of a sudden, we're talking to things now that don't have a, that don't have a brain. What's going on here? Rashi, Top Rashi, Dibra Maskal, Nishalin Aleha. Rashi says, Klamar. We, we are as if namely we don't treat it like that in a vacuum case we treat it like the human intervention case and therefore the regular rules of that vacuum case don't apply so therefore we need a distinction of Rishus HaRabim versus Rishus HaYachid to make it tar. otherwise it's Taka going to be Tame even if it's inanimate, it's a pail, it's sitting on the ground, no matter what, we are going to treat it in that way, that it would be problematic. Says the Gemara, fascinating. The nail was, uh, the nail, the needle that was found inside this animal made the basar tame. But, but we, we learned yesterday at length, we know a rule that if you have an inanimate object and it touches meat, doesn't make it tame. You need a machshir. You need a liquid to transfer the tuma. You have two pieces of meat. You have two needles. It doesn't make a difference unless there's one of the yad shachatam, the acronym of yad shachatam. If you don't have one of those seven liquids that's there as a medium, the tuma doesn't transfer. So asks the Gemara, you quoted a Mishnah on the bottom of your Testament base that says, shenim bebasar, that the basar is going to be tame. A basar tame, says the Gemara? How can that be? Hai basar di iskasher bimai. What liquid medium was there to make the needle tame? To make the busser tummy, excuse me, how did the needle get its tuma from the needle to the meat? There's no liquid there. And inema, if you want to say the is kasher bidam, I but animals have blood in them. And during the shrita, there's a lot of blood. By the way, this can't be while the animal's alive. It has to be while the animal's dead because the animal can't contract this type of tuma when it's, when it's alive. So if you want to say that during the shrita, the blood of the shechita functioned as a liquid medium to transfer the tumor from the needle to the animal. So then if you want to say that, then that's not true because fourth line, how do we know that the blood during shechita of a kadshim doesn't function as one of the yad shachadam liquid, this dalid, Yad, the Dalit doesn't function as a, as a liquid medium to transfer Tuma. This is a Pasuk in the Torah. You should not eat it. Let it spill on the ground. And here's the drasha. We saw this drasha once already. Yeah, blood that spilled on the ground. Absolutely, that can function as a machshir. But here, what are we talking about? We're talking about during Shechit of a Kodshin. When the blood 
doesn't spill on the ground like water. Why isn't it spilling on the ground? Because it's kachim. We're collecting the blood in a kli. And because the blood is, is being, uh, being received in a kli, it's not falling on the ground. And therefore, the blood of shechit is not machshir. So if you want to say that the tuma transferred from the needle to the basar with the blood of the shechita, you can't. Because we have a drasha that says that that blood is not machshir. That blood can't be used to transfer tuma from a needle to the to the basar. The Ella, what? Well, what's the other option? Maybe we should say this kasher b'mashke base mitzbechaya. Maybe it's when it was in a, it wasn't during the shechita. It was afterwards. They were removing body parts. There was water. There was blood there. That blood is a different type of blood. It's not the blood that was used for the zrika that was mekabel bekli, where the dam was niskabel in a kli. So therefore, maybe that's how the tuma transferred. Says the Gemara. Wait a minute. We learned already, Mashke, the liquids, base mitzbechaya, the liquids that were found in the base mitzbechaya, in this room that was off of the Azara, where they would dissect and cut up the animals as they needed to. It, not only are those animals themselves not Tameh, they don't even have the capacity to give Tuma to others. So back to our question, how did the needle in the neck of the animal make the animal Tameh? Even if it's tummy mace, how did we get that animal to become buster? How did we get that buster to become tummy? Excuse me. Says the Gemara, Ve'ela, such a wild idea. Says the Gemara, third of the way down, Ve'ela, the We're in love with Kachim. Because we are so makbit about Kachim, we care so much about Kachim, we're adding a new world. There's no halachic mechanism of there's a liquid that took the tumor from the. No, nothing. This has to do with us. The chiba of the kachim, we're so in love with the kachim, we're so careful with the kachim, it transfers that way, says the Gemara. Beautiful idea, but it doesn't work. Amar, you could, Amor, maybe you could say, maybe you could say that there's enough tuma to make one, to make that thing tame, but not enough to give it enough tuma to give something else tuma. You can't make that thing become tame because of your chiba, which it will then have enough power to give it to another entity. Says the Gemara, Amor, you could say, in and of itself, it could become Tame, but to give it the capacity to give other things Tuma, the Chiba doesn't go quite that far. Because if it did, we would have used this as an answer to a difficult question that was posed in a statement of Reish Lakish. Tifshot, we would have used this answer to explain Debai, the question of Reish Lakish. What was his question? Tzirid, we have a clump shell menachos. The menachos was, was a flower a gift to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and it was mixed with oil. They weren't using mixing machines. They were using a spoon of some kind. Sometimes there was a clump of oil that didn't mix in. So Ravashi wanted to know, uh, sorry, Reish Lakish wanted to know, Monin vo rishon v'sheni olo. Does the tzirid, the clod of earth that wasn't mixed in, does it have the capacity to give to give too much to something else? So the Gemara should have answered, if Chibas, if Chibas Kachim was a real answer that not only could make something Tameh, but also give that thing the capacity to make other things Tameh, then, then the Rish Lucky should have used this to answer his question about the Tzrid, but he didn't. So obviously the answer doesn't work. So Amr of Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, it must be, Kigon Shahisa, Parashal Zvachim Shlamim. It was a, an animal for Zivchei Shlamim. First, they walked the animal through a river to get it wet. And then they slaughtered the animal. So what's the liquid that is being used here to transfer the tuma from the needle to the basar? It's the river from the water. 
uh, parenthetically, we've learned this in a previous Masechta, have no clue where, but we learned that they used to walk animals through water and make them drink a lot because it made the hafshata, it made the skinning process of the animal easier. So that's just a, mechanically what they were doing, walk the animal through, make it a little easier to remove the um, to remove the skin after the shechita. But some of the water, says the Gemara, about dain, mashke, tofea, there was still moisture on the animal during the shechita and the water that was on the animal from the river would touch both the needle and the meat and instantly make the meat tame. And now we have our machshir. That was the question at the top of the page. If you look at the top of the page on the second line, we said, What was the liquid? The answer is, like we just saw, it's the liquid from the river. Good, perfect answer. What river the, was there? They're right by the base of Migdash. There was water there. I think the Gichon, uh, not the Gichon, what was it called? Um, no. Can't remember the name of it right now, but there was water that surrounded that area. Um, I, I never, walked, I, I'm just blanking on the name right now. And then they walked it up to the Har- Har- yeah. Har- yeah, they walked it up to the Mikdash and they did the they did the Zevach right there. It says Zivchei Shlamim and it says Yes, that's correct. A lot of work there. A lot of work. It's true. Also, it's also I mean, it's a lot of work. Imagine when they had a Absolutely. diet green. <laughs> okay, says the Gemara. We're two thirds of the way down on Dafkaf. This is going to be our last. Uh, I think it's our last. No, it's our second to last sugya for the night. Maybe third to last sugya, but they're short. Nimseis beferesh. We said if you find the needle in the parish in the in the excrement of the animal, we said akoltar. I says the Gemara, but um, not to get all kinds of detailed, but. Sometimes the excrement was liquidy. Says the Gemara, "V'nehadar perish v'nitmi alabaser." If there's liquid, it could make the body tummy again. Uh, who's to say that that's the case? Answers the Gemara, "It wasn't." V'nehadar perish v'nitmi alabaser. Says the Gemara, "Amar avada bar ava beferish ava." There was no liquid. Ravashi amar filu tima beferish racha. Even if it were to be the case that there was enough liquid there to transfer tuma from the needle that's in the excrement back to the animal, afal pikein mishum dehave mashkes saruach. That type of liquid. The liquid that's found from excrement is called a mashkes ruach. That is not halacha. That's not considered a liquid that transfers too much. It's not a yad shachadam type of liquid. Says the Gemara. Uh, we're two lines before the wide lines. Tani tana kamedir of sheishas. A little bit of a different, uh, all connected, of course, but not directly to this last sugya. Tani tana kamedir of sheishas. A brisa was taught in front of Rav sheishas, and here's what the brisa said. Sheretz mitameya samashkin. A dead animal, a sheretz, one of the shmona shratzim, can make a liquid tummy. Umashkin mitameya sakli. And a liquid could make a kli tummy. Ukli mitameya saochlin. A kli could make food tummy. Veaochlin mitameya samashkin. Four levels. These are the four levels. Says the Gemara, strangely, velamagnu, shalosh, tumos, besheretz. Yeah, we learned only three levels. Says the Gemara, can you count? Hani arbahain. We see that there are four. What, let's look back a line up. What does it say? We said that it, the sheretz is metame mashkin, which can then lead to the kli, which is then to the oakland, and then it can even lead to more mashkin. Says the Gemara, you're right, but go is mashkin to ratio. We're going to remove the first time it says mashkin. We don't need to learn the same halacha twice. Says the Gemara, why did you remove the first one? Ada Rabbah, go is mashkin to seifa. You should remove the second one. Says the Gemara, the only tana that we had who would say that a, that a mashkin could make a kli tame was Rabbi Huda, but the Hadarbe, and he was the one who actually removed that Visimanech Nizyasa. And in order to remember, you should think about Nizyasa. Rashi here details how to make beer Nizyasa, five lines from the bottom, Nizyasa. Seder Matile Shechar, how Shechar Seorin, they made like a barley beer or a hops beer, Tchila, Nostin Kli. First get the barrel. 
Then you put in the hops, then you put in whatever you're going to draw flavor from. And after that, you put in whatever you need, the liquid that's on top. So those are the three things that should be included in this brisa that's presented to Rav Papa. Four lines from the bottom. Tanan, Hasam, we have a Mishnah that is elsewhere. This Mishnah is found in Masecha Shabbos and Kuflam and Ches. We learned it about 100 blot ago, more, 120 blot ago. Tanan, Hasam, Sheretz, Shenim Sabetanur. If you have a Sheretz, one of the Shemona Shratzim that's in the airspace of an oven. The bread that's in there has a status of a sheni latuma. The tanur is the first, and the tanur gets the tuma from the sheretz. It becomes a rishon, and then it makes the bread tummy. Asks the Gemara a question that I'm sure once learning these sugya has probably crossed our minds at some point. What does the Gemara ask? Three lines from the bottom. I don't understand. Once the animals in the airspace of the oven, why doesn't everything become a rishon? Why don't we say that it's like the whole entire oven just captures the tumah of the sheretz? Let's imagine one of our ovens. Their oven's open from the top. Fine. Let's imagine a crock pot that's made out of earthenware. You take a sheretz, you hover it over in the airspace. So why is not, okay, so everything is a rishon the tumah. It has to go to the kli first and then into the food. Why isn't the kli also, why isn't the kli a rishon along with the meat that in it or the bread that's in it also a rishon? Why don't we say that? So says the Gemara, everything should be a Rishon Latuma. Says the Gemara, we can't. Why? Because the Tanya, we have a Brisa. You might have thought that everything inside a Kli would become Tame from the Avir. Says the Gemara, as we turn to the top of Davchaf, just a few lines left for the night. Talmud Lomar, Kol Asher Besocho Yitma. Everything inside would become Tame, Besamich And a, another Pasuk is juxtaposed to this one. Mikol HaOchel. Ochel Mitma Me'avir Klicheres, Ve'in Kol HaKele Mitamen Me'avir Klicheres. It's a different sugya, so the, the items are reversed. But basically, the point is that it does not make everything. Ve'in Kol HaKele Mitamen Me'avir Klicheres. Not everything will become Tame from something that's put into the air of a Kli Kheres. It first has to be put into the airspace. The airspace will then make the Kli Tame, and then the Kli will be a Rishon, and then all the items inside will be a Sheni. But to say that everything should become a Rishon just because it's in the airspace doesn't work within this drasha. We're going to stop here on Daf Chafam and Beis at the top, three lines from the top at the two dots. Mir Tashem, uh, I'm going to be out of quarantine tomorrow, provided that I have a negative COVID test in the morning. Uh, and if so, we will be in Shul on Shabbos, masked and socially distanced to learn. Daf Chafam and Beis and Daf Chaf Aleph, wishing you all a beautiful night. Thank you so much. So what was the, uh, I mean, I'm trying to understand the whole system.